Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Hey, all Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to take a quick minute to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who has taken time to rate the podcast and or leave a review. Here's a recent review from Taylor M. It reads, I love starting my day listening to Whitney and her amazing podcast guests. Not only does she provide thought-provoking ideas, but also tools and tips on how to move forward and use them in everyday life. Such a great listen for anyone looking to appreciate their own potential. I just want you guys to know that I read and appreciate all the comments and the feedback truly inspires me. I'm dedicated to growing and serving, and the best way I can continue to do that is if more people are reached with electric ideas. So I'm asking my listeners today, is there one action you'd be willing to take to help spread the word? Could you share out a post on social, send an episode link to a friend or two, rate the podcast, or leave an honest review if you haven't had a chance to do that? Thanks in advance for any extra love you can spare for Electric Ideas this week. And know that simply listening in like you're doing today is wonderful too. So with that, let's get started. Today's guest is Mindy Hebner. Mindy is a mindset mastery coach, NLP, or neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, a certified health life and success coach, as well as a clinical hypnotherapist. Her mission is helping women to reveal and release their limiting beliefs and embrace the confident, wildly successful humans they're made to be. Let's jump in. Welcome, Mindy. Welcome to Electric Ideas. Thank you so much for having me here, Whitney. I'm so excited to be here and share with your community. Oh, yay. Because I feel like I I know in a couple of our episodes, we've touched on self-limiting beliefs, but I feel like this is such your sweet spot. And I think it would be of such service to just do a little bit more of a deep dive. So just because I'm not sure, I never know where someone's joining us, if this could be their first episode or they've listened everywhere. I kind of wanted to just set the table with what is a self-limiting belief? Sure. Yeah. And you'll find lots of definitions of this. So my definition of a self-limiting belief is a belief that stops you from stepping into your limitlessness, a belief that keeps you hostage to an old strategy, an old way of being, an old way of thinking about yourself and or a situation. So it's literally like a jail. You're, you're, you're confining yourself from the magic that is all around you. And you're a human. There's no shame. There's no, there's no room for shame or guilt when we have limiting beliefs because we all have them. We get to get curious about the what and the when and the how of them so that we can move through. And before we go into that, I just want to let everyone know how their brain works. So your brain deletes, distorts, and generalizes based on what you believe. So you may be saying, well, this isn't a limiting belief. This is the truth. Like, 
I can see the proof all around me. Well, you see the proof all around you because that's what you believe. (laughs) So you have a filter and you have to, we can only handle about five to seven bits of information coming at us. 80,000 bits are coming at you. So you need some sort of filter. uh, So your head doesn't explode, right? Like (laughs) you need, you need something that is filing things away for you. So you don't have to consciously think about every single bit of information that comes in. So deletes, distorts, and generalizes based on what you believe. If you believe drinking water is hard, then your brain is going to allow through the filter evidence of that. You're going to hear people complaining about the way water tastes. You're going like, this is just how it works. This is the Bader-Meinhof theory as well. So you don't know what you don't know until you know it. So this is from unconscious to conscious. We decide, I'm going to get a new car. And uh, there was this little white car. I saw it in, in a magazine ad or does anyone read magazines? Saw it in an ad, but you know, I haven't seen it anywhere. And so I'm really excited about this little white car. I go to the car lot, I drive off the car lot and I look around and everyone's driving this little white car. I couldn't see it because my filter was keeping it out. It was deleting, distorting and generalizing based on my belief that that car didn't even exist. So can you see how powerful your brain is in that way and how limiting beliefs can come to fruition for us? Absolutely. I mean, and this might be oversimplifying, but it it kind of reminds me of the idea of if you have something in your head, you are always looking for evidence of what you think is supposed to be or like 100. What I always say, like my, I don't remember, oh, we were trying to update our, our kids' passports and I was going into it. Like, I think it's going to be smooth. And my husband was saying, Oh God, dealing with the postal service. He's like, I'm just expecting problems. And I was like, don't say that for these. (laughs) Exactly. We are always winning the game we're playing. Yeah. Always. Because that's how our brain is going to sort the information for us. So some limiting beliefs come from our experience. So let's pick on your husband. He's had past experience. He can handle it. (laughs) He's had past experience of this being a nightmare, dealing with the post office, whatever, right? A past experience that has brought him to, well, this is it. This is, this is how it always is. And, and we, we have all done that. We decide like that someone cuts us off in traffic. We decide jerk. And yet we've cut people off in traffic and we're not jerks. Right. So we, this is just constant, like how our brain is moving and going. So while it can be a lived experience, though, some places that we get limiting beliefs, they can also be imparted (laughs) family, parents, society. They just, you know, uh, a big one for clients is perfectionism, which parents and I'm a parent and, you know, like we're doing the best we can with the tools that we have. Sometimes we, in our effort to uh, have our children be good citizens, achieving citizens, right? All of these things we can, without knowing, then create some containers of 
things that go from empowering to disempowering. And so that is where a limiting belief crosses that line, right? If I believe that doing my best is moving me forward and serving me, the moment that that flips into, it has to be perfect. This is now paralyzing me and stopping me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an important distinction. And maybe I'm, I'm sure perfectionism is a interesting example of, of people just not even knowing that they're tipping into that self-limiting belief. So it kind of takes me into, you say, you know, and I think, I think everyone probably has some, but how do you, how does one go about being like, (laughs) which ones do I have? Where am I holding back the magic? Right? (laughs) Yes. Again, you get to look at, okay, what do I want? And, and what is keeping me from getting there? And so before, when we were talking about a belief, I said the what, the when, the how. Notice I didn't say the why. Why is a great question until it isn't. Why is a great question when you are asking yourself, what do you want to achieve? How do you want your health to look? How do you want your finances to look? A business, your relationships, like why? Why do I want this? Why will having that make my life better? Why will choosing this be greater? So we get why is a really good question when it's moving us toward like this big vision, in my humble opinion. The reason that I don't love why after that necessarily The moment we say why, if I said to you, Whitney, why do you have a green screen behind you? What are you going to say? It's not a test. What's (laughs) going to be the first word that comes out of your mouth? It's fun. Okay. Okay. Because. Oh. Most of the time when we say why, well, why do I do that? Well, because we go into a story. Mm. Doesn't matter whether the story's real or not. Yes, it is fun. It's very fun. Aurora Borealis, whatever's going on back there, right? <laughs> like it's very fun. It's very fun. Typically, people would say, because it's fun, like because mm-hmm. we tell a story about it. Stories get us caught up. We get stuck in our stories of because. And so if we negate the need to say because, if we just like take that out and we say instead, what makes me think that it needs to be perfect. What, when did I decide that a blog post needs to take six hours because it's going to be Pulitzer prize winning? Like we get to start asking those questions because they can go deeper and we can step back from them easier than why and because. Why? Well, because my parents like immediately, right? We do this Mm -hmm. because the world, because one time someone said X, Y, Z. Here's the, here's another thing about our brain. It is like Velcro for negativity and Teflon for positivity. It is the way that you are wired. Knowing this, you get to rewire that. You are brilliant enough and magical enough to take a thought captive just because it pops into your head and, or you think it doesn't mean you need to continue to think it and say it out loud. The quicker you can, like, I have this vision of just a baseball, (laughs) like, like, like the disempowering thought 
the garbage thought, the not even true thought is like a baseball. And you just get to take your bat and swing and knock it out of the park. You don't have to entertain the thought, even though it may feel like it. You have this superpower. The longer you entertain the thought, it's rolling around in your head. We think a thought habitually. It becomes a belief. It forms a neural pathway in there, right? What happens once something becomes a belief? We start to create habits to prove it to ourselves. So you're a podcaster. Do you do, do you call yourself that? Like, would you say, I'm a podcaster? Yes. Yeah. So you think this thought, you think I'm a podcaster and you think about what that looks like and how do you get to podcasts and the guests that you'll have on and all those things. So you think it habitually, you believe it, you've now created habits to prove to yourself that you're a podcaster. Here we are. You're doing an episode, right? You told me about your audience. You have all these habits, empowered habits to support the identity and the belief of being a podcaster. This is how we operate. And so when we have a limiting belief, it becomes an I am statement and we have habits that support that too. Mm. So you can see those habits. How do you recognize a limiting belief? What habits do you have that are disempowering to you? That when you look at the habit, you say, I wish I didn't do that. What makes me do this thing? What makes me feel this way? And then you can start to step back and just like reverse engineer it. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense to me. Can you give us another example? Because I this piece is new to me. And I like what's coming to me when you're talking about this why is that I think that's easy to get sucked. I, I like you said, just like sucked into potentially like emotions you don't want to be in, like why and like dwelling in that. And like you said, like you said, that's just attracting more of that, probably, you know. So can you give us one more example of maybe uh, maybe somebody you've worked with in like one self-limiting? Can you just deconstruct it by okay, if I'm kind of having this awareness that this is a self-limiting belief for me and go through how to kind of pull it apart with the what, when, how, and not getting stuck in the why, can you just give us one more example? Yes. Yes. Help keep me on track (laughs) with the what, when, why, like you're, like you were saying. So recently I had a conversation with a client literally about a blog post that needed to be Pulitzer prize winning. This is a limiting belief. It's a limiting belief when It stops her from creating more content to be able to reach her audience, to serve them, to ultimately create income and have that exchange of energy in that way, right? So when we were having the conversation, it started with, I don't have enough time. And this is the belief, I don't have enough time. Well, what makes you say you don't have enough time? Well, I have to spend six hours on a blog post. What makes you think you have to spend six hours on a blog post? How does this belief serve you? So we have the belief, we see it, and sometimes someone else shows it to us, like I did today, and that's why I do what I do, right? You get to notice what you're saying regularly, and you get to just get curious. Is this empowering or disempowering? Does this move me forward or hold me back? Does this give me energy or does it take it away? You could just ask those simple questions to yourself about the thoughts you're thinking and the things that you're saying, because that's going to give you a big insight into what you believe, right? Mm -hmm. And 
the actions that you're taking as well. So in the, in the empowering, I'm a water drinker. Like I am a hydration queen. My habits are continual amounts of water. Like I'm constantly getting up, filling my water. I'm filling the pitcher with the filter. I order water when I go out to drink. Like I have water in the car. I think it. I want to be hydrated. It's good for me to be hydrated. There's all these gains in being hydrated. I believe it. I am a hydration queen and I have habits that prove it all the time. So I could just look at some of my habits to say to myself, well, what are, what are my beliefs and where am I being limited in those? Is drinking water all the time limiting me in any way? Is it stopping me from occasionally it, you know, sends me to the bathroom too often, but besides that, (laughs) that there's worse problems. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So we, we, we notice the limiting belief. We notice it through our habits, through what we're saying after I am, what happens is almost every single limiting belief is a protection. So the belief that either there's not enough time or uh, the blog post needs to take six hours because it needs to be Pulitzer Prize winning. Either of those beliefs, while they feel true and real and in our experience, yeah, if your blog post is taking six hours, you're darn right. You don't have enough time. Like you're right. There's not enough time. This is not a limiting belief. It's a fact. (laughs) So where do we get to get deeper underneath that? All transparency this client is one of my favorite clients and she's a brilliant writer. <laughs> I need to say that about her. <laughs> well, so yeah, that makes sense. And I, I, I feel like I understand the process and one, I do want to lean into one specific, cause I know that you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So I think that it, I have one specific belief that I think can be sneaky and whether it's someone that wants to lean into a new creative endeavor, or they're maybe gunning for a promotion or maybe since you do work with a lot of entrepreneurs, maybe someone wants to start their business. Some of these beliefs that come up a lot, like I'm not smart enough or I'm not enough, those I can understand immediately the the shadow side of those for right. lack of a better word, but a belief that I've navigated myself, but I just feel like isn't talked enough about is I'm not ready. Okay. So uh, let me say this to talk into that. When I said a limiting belief is it shows up as a protection, right? It is. It masquerades as a protection. What I ask clients and what you get to ask yourself, because I, I give them all these tools, what if I didn't believe this? Is this really protecting me? So I'm not ready. I'm not ready. While you think it's, my guess is, it's protecting you from failure. I'm not ready protects you from failure, ultimately protects you from embarrassment, protects you from judgment, protects you from, you fill in the blank, whatever you've just given the meaning to is going to happen once you are ready, right? This is what it's protecting you from. So we get to say, okay, well, when you are ready, there's going to be failure. There's going to be judgment. They're not negated when you're ready versus not ready. So I'm not ready is a protection from all of these things. What is a more empowering belief about how you get to show up on this journey? Because you think I'm not protect, I'm not ready is protecting you from failure when in truth, it's protecting you from success. It's protecting you from taking the next step to see 
what else is open to you level? What else gets to happen? What else do you get to create when you choose to recognize that this is a limiting belief and not a protection and not a fact? That makes sense. So do you see that a lot as something that comes up with people you work with? Uh, not necessarily in, I'm not ready, Mm -hmm. but all dancing all around. I'm not ready. Like, well, I've never done it that way before. Well, this is, so I'm not ready is also, I feel like coming from a, that's a different strategy than I've ever taken before. And we don't like the unknown. Mm -hmm. So the brain wants to stay in the known. It wants to stay in love and safety and belonging. Even when you don't love it anymore, even when it's not safe anymore. And even when you don't want to belong anymore, it likes automation. It likes burning the least amount of calories. So it will just keep you in that automation. It will let you believe that you're not ready because you're looking for the proof that you're not ready because you're always winning the game that you're playing. And so won't allow your filter won't allow in the I am ready proof. So you get to ask yourself, okay, well, what if I was ready? What would that look like? What would I be thinking then? What would I be doing then? What sort of rituals, habits would I have as a ready entrepreneur as opposed to a not ready entrepreneur? This gives us the insight to, well, I'm already doing some of those things. So probably ready. <laughs> like, right. Like, yes, yes. That's helpful. I also wanted to circle back because, you know, now that you were, you were telling us about positivity or negativity, Mm -hmm. like sticks, like Teflon, I, I want to ask you about, I know you've referenced it as pattern interrupting. And I think that people practically are, are starting to be more mindful, but they, they can kind of catch themselves getting into this pattern. And now you've just like, it's just like a, always a refreshing reminder, like, no, don't want to go there. We all have these thoughts, but what are some of your recommendations for just like not getting sucked into the story? So this is beautiful as well. So if you have children and you've ever said, don't spill the milk, what do they do? Knock the glass over, right? All they're hearing is spill the milk. They're not even hearing don't because the brain doesn't hear don't. So here's what we get to do. Instead of getting into this mind battle, don't think you're not ready. Don't think you're not ready, right? Eat the cookie. Don't eat the cookie. Eat the cookie. Don't eat the cookie. All you're hearing is eat the cookie. So release yourself from this battle. You're not going to win. Your primal brain is going to win every time. The their willpower is a finite resource that's drained by the end of the day or by circumstance or whatever. So instead, when you recognize this thing, this thought that comes up that you really don't like it's an old habit that you really want to move away from instead of battling it you go i see you i see you limiting belief that i'm not ready for me you're a thing in the past i'm moving my focus to and you get to decide you can either move your focus to the opposite end of that if you're ready for that right you can move your focus to all the proof that you are ready Or you can move your focus completely away from the emotion that this limiting belief brings up. So if I'm not ready, brings up fear, say, you know, like that nervousness, that whatever it is that it's bringing up for you, how would you like to feel instead? Would you like to feel calm? 
Would you like to feel peaceful? Would you like to feel trusting? Like, how would you like to feel? Let's tap into that instead. So there is some pre-work. You get to, to say to yourself, okay, when this habit comes up, because it will, because I, I'm a habit creature and I'm learning how to rewire my brain in a new direction. So when this habit comes up, the habit to say, I'm not ready. How do I want to feel instead? We're like mapping out our strategy ahead of time. It's like look, looking up, looking at the map before you go somewhere, right? You're, you're just, you're planning your success. Okay. Instead, I want to feel fine. Like, I just want to feel fine. Okay. Well, when, when do I feel fine? Well, I feel fine when, so then I know how to get to that feeling of fine because I felt it before this thought comes up, like, I see you and we're not besties anymore. So you just move it along because I'm moving my focus to feeling fine. You get to recognize it because trying to battle it is you're going to lose. Yeah. And it actually, it actually segues perfectly because when you're saying it almost made me think about if you were going somewhere to like be social or like, you know, and you're anticipating versus not what you're talking about ties in a little bit to this concept of mental rehearsal, which I definitely want to pick your brain on. And it it's, it's all coming together, but I was like, even like my husband taking it back, that's not the perfect example, but if he would be like, I want to find, and I want to expect a smooth, I just like leaning into this expectation yes. that it could be easy. Yes. Yes. It could. So oh, we have to say this. So we, we can live at effect or we can live at cause when we live at effect, we give away all of our personal power. We get a list of reasons and excuses why things are garbage in our life, why we don't have the health, the relationship, the finances, the business, the anything that we want. What we're doing is pointing to circumstances and he said, she said, and the weather and the this and the that. Like we're just pointing everywhere. And when we do that, we give away our power. The only thing that we can control is us. That's it. If you have children, you know, like you might think you control them, but you don't. There's not, there is zero that you get to control. You can influence, but actual control only you the way you show up, the way you're managing you and, and life. Right. And this is, you know, we're not talking about if there's like mental health issues or things like that, no neurodivergence, you know, those kinds of things, right. We get to control us and that's it. So when we're at effect, we're giving that away. We are allowing the control to go to the guy in the car and the post office <laughs> and the this and the that, right. We can shift over to living at cause. This is just us stepping right back into our power, taking it back. Now, when we live at, at cause, we get a list of results. We might not like them. Yet, we know we have the power to change the results or how we are viewing or how we are showing up in a situation. So, the post office thing. Living out effect is, oh, it's going to be awful. We're going to, it's never going to turn out. It's going to be chaos, blah, blah, blah. Living out cause is still the expectation. It's the expectation that it could be easy. I'm going to show up as the human who, right, is going to do my part in making it easy. 
I'm going to step into my inevitable success in it. And this is how I envision it. This is how I see it playing out. So this is where mental rehearsal comes in. So a well-formed outcome is vital. What do I want? And there's actually secret sauce on that, but we'll start with something simple. So what do I, what do I want? I want to drink 64 ounces of water every day. Okay. Let's go there. Now it's not just, I want this thing dive into a swimming pool of this thing. We want to embody this thing. So, so what makes me want to drink that much water, right? How am I going to feel when I do, what am I going to see? What am I going to hear? What am I going to taste? All of those things. We want to fully embody this experience in order to create the experience. Your brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So when you mentally rehearse having your eight eight ounce glasses of water in your mind. This is, this is a vision on steroids. This is visualization on steroids. So we're not just seeing ourselves. We are feeling what the glass feels like in our hand as we drink it. We're hearing the timer on our phone go off to remind us, hey, have you had your next glass of water? We're seeing the fun glass that we've decorated. We're feeling the feeling of squeezing lemon into the water, right? We're smelling the citrus, all the things we want to embody it. And it may sound like a lot, but it really condenses down really quickly. Once you have the outcome, boom, you can go, go through it, you know, in 10 minutes, five minutes, however you want to do it. So we start with a well-formed outcome. We map ourselves the perfect path to the well-formed outcome. We fully embody it. When it comes time to do the thing, your brain's like, oh, we've already been here. We've already done this. We know how to drink eight eight ounce glasses of water. We know how to show up in this. So this is a very simplified mental rehearsal. I love for people to start with something simple that they want to do. They can start it with a conversation, just how they want to show up in a conversation. Now, for me, I mentally rehearse it everything. And I do it really quickly. Like I mentally rehearse anytime I come on a podcast. So of course it was amazing. Like in my head, right? Like we hit it off. We totally connected. It was amazing. And it's your most downloaded episode ever. <laughs> this is my, this is my mental rehearsal that I'm going to make it easy for you to be a host. Like I'm going to be an amazing guest, right? Like all the things, what can I control? How I show up, what container I create, the energy that I bring, all of those things. So I see it from point A to the end perfectly. Now, there's two magic things to this. The one is knowing that it's not always going to go perfect. And so when I mentally rehearse as well, I will see technical difficulties and I couldn't log into the Zoom and this and that other. And it does not change the way I show up. I am still amazing me. I'm still bringing it. I'm still giving value, right? This is the difference between cause and effect. And when we mentally rehearse with some curveballs coming at us, we show up even better because we're like, yeah, got this. Doesn't matter. I'm still getting to that point being this human. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh. That makes absolute sense. I mean, you're inspiring me as me, as we talk, because Part of it, you know, I talk a lot about kind of just accepting something as if we chose it, right? And if we don't let it completely throw us off our guard, but there is something to be said about just remembering how much 
that we can only, we can't control externally. You know, I know this is a bigger conversation, but like, if you set that intention to just bring your like highest vibrant self and you're just grounded in that, and maybe it's a super smooth conversation. I've had podcast interviews where we've got kicked off five times (laughs) and I could have easily gone down the tunnel of, Oh my God, but it just doesn't throw me off when I'm in that headspace of like, you know what? I'm, I'm back and I'm ready to talk. You know? Exactly. See this. Exactly. So you get to mentally rehearse those pieces for other things in your life. Now here's the secret, secret sauce of mental rehearsal. We don't want to start it out in a, I wish, I hope in this wishy, hopey disbelief energy. Like I wish I could drink this much water. Like I hope it happens. We don't want to, we don't want to start there because that's already disbelief. It's way up here in our chest that, you know, it's no good. It's no good for us. We get to start from a place of knowing we get to start from, of course, energy. Hmm. So you get to find your, of course, energy. You have gobs of it. Of course, energy is positive energy that is automatic for you. So of course, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is brush my teeth. Like it gets to be this simple. This is, this doesn't have to be complicated. Of course, I walk the dog every day at lunchtime. Of course, I kiss the kids goodnight. Find some, of course, energy, positive, automatic. It is who you are to your core. Of course, you do it. Energy. Sit in it, bring it in, call it in, see yourself being that human, right? What are you hearing? What are you tasting? What are you feeling? Call it in. Now copy and paste that into your new mental rehearsal so that you are starting from a place of total, of course, power. Like, of course, this is going to be an awesome mental rehearsal because I'm already in my, of course, energy. So the outcome is done deal. I like that. Of course, energy. Give us one more example of like something, maybe just a way you work with so many women and I can just tell you've got such a strong sense of personal empowerment. What are some of the ways you see? that are maybe like frustrating where women unknowingly give away their power too often? Oh, sure. Sure. Well, I think I know from experiencing it, one of the ways that is the most like, I'm like, Oh, is when we think we have to do it someone else's way. So this comes, the majority of women who come to me come to me extremely successful in their business and it's not soul aligned. They started it for a reason. It's now grown. It's making a lot of money and they don't love it anymore. And one of the reasons they don't love it anymore is because they're believing that it, it can only be done a certain way. Right. And so this is a giving away of our power that maybe doesn't feel as insidious as like, here, I'm a doormat, right? I mean, you know, yes, here I have no boundaries. Like it comes up like that too, you know, boundaries and doormat was harsh. I don't, I am, there is zero judgment. This is getting curious about who am I being? What is making me show up this way? And, and does this serve me? Am I empowered in this? Does this strap, is it time for me to bless and release this strategy? It protected me. It served me. It did what I needed it to do for the time. And now I get to shift. And so that's, that's that, that's stepping into that personal power. So believing that there's only one way to email market, there's only one way to grow your business. There's only when, 
your way is going to be the most aligned for you. So the moment that we allow ourselves to be in unalignment, we have given our power away in some area, whether it's boundaries, whether it's, you know, doing things the way I want to do it or the way the world is telling me to do it. We give our power away when we buy into the constructs of beauty and comparison and all of those things. And, and we're human and comparing ourselves is, is really, uh, it, it comes very easily to us a lot of times. And we get to step back and remember that the only thing that we can control is us and how we, how we show up. Also believe when you have, there's this gift of having children more than the gift of having children. When you have someone that you would fiercely protect. So, so maybe you have nieces or nephews or just someone in your life that, you know, is that is your person. You get to also see when they, you are easily easy to recognize when they are giving away their power, when they're not giving themselves enough grace, when they're being too hard on themselves. So you get to look in the mirror and be that champion for yourself just the way you would champion your children, champion your spouse, champion your best friend that way. Like you get that first too. And so that's a beautiful way to recognize, is this empowering or am I actually giving away my power in this? Wonderful. Well, that gives us, I I know that that's going to give my listeners so much to noodle on and think on and and see what came up for them as they listen. And I'm sure they're all going to see themselves in different pieces and examples. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're hitting up on time, but I, I'm big on self-reflection and whether you're journaling or maybe just carving out a moment of quiet during your commute home, wherever you're at, I always close by asking my guests what women should be asking themselves more. That's a great question. I don't want you to should anything. So, so don't should on yourself about, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. I would love for women to ask themselves more what would it look like if I said, I get to do this? And then how would I show up in it? Knowing that it's a choice that I made, not something that someone else told me I should be doing. That's beautiful. That really resonates. And I'm definitely telling someone don't shit on yourself. <laughs> I'm taking that into the weekend. <laughs> good, good, good. Cause you get to, you get yeah. to, you get to mentally rehearse. You get to make all these choices. You get to decide to not operate in a strategy that's no longer serving you, like you get to. And I actually have a mental rehearsal download I'd love to share with your audience. They get to walk themselves through whatever the rehearsal is. It's like 12 minutes. I guide them so they don't have to come up with it all on their own. And I, I would love to share that with them. So that we, we want it. We want it all, Mindy. We want we want all the Mindy tools. So tell us where can we find you, follow you, give us, give us the goods. Absolutely. So you can find the mental rehearsal at rewireyourbrainclub.com. Rewireyourbrainclub.com. That's supposed to be easy. So <laughs> as close to rewire your brain as I could get, because I my battle cry is rewire your brain. And we'll get it in the show notes too. Okay. So don't worry. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My other battle cry is you cannot hustle your beliefs. So so you get to quit trying. You can find me everywhere at Mindy Heapner. I'm I'm my own name everywhere. I've just joined TikTok. So I would love some love on TikTok. 
I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, but it's not my favorite place. So, <laughs> but I am there. <laughs> I am there. And I will answer a message. Absolutely. Like I, I, I am, I believe that every woman deserves a champion and we don't all have that. And so I, I hold the space for support in a really great way. And when I say great, I mean like extraordinary way that you get to step into should you choose to do that. And that is extraordinary for me as well. Wonderful. Well, I know that my listeners will want to check you out. So thank you again. We'll make sure to capture all of that in the show notes. And this was a really lovely conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.